Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. How are you guys doing? Good. Good, thank you. Good. How are you? Not bad. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. When was the good. when was the last time you guys were all together? Oh, uh, about a month ago, isn't it? Yeah, about a month ago. Yes. Um, yeah. And and so, we're, was that when you were in the studio? Yeah, we were. We were in the studio. Um, I think we might have talked about it, Robert, last time. Um, but that that was yeah about a month ago. Yeah. And and it's so quickly, wasn't it? I heard a story the other day. Um, Jacob and I were talking, and was this the time that you guys were at the studio for ten days, and Jacob and Augustus had to sleep at the studio? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that, I, yeah, that that was no exaggeration. That's like no. completely true. Not also mentioned there, yeah. was, there was no warm water there, no shower, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had to rely on baby wipes for quite a lot of the time. <laughs> and and so this was this was to to get something recorded, and and you don't hear about the guys that in the middle of a pandemic. Um, are so committed to what they do that you know they spend 10 days living in the studio bathing with wet wipes yeah <laughs> what was it what was it like uh, you know i don't know it it was all right for i mean it was okay for the first few days it was fine because it wasn't as cold as i imagine it to be it was more when you got to day 4 it could get a bit um you just felt a bit out of it because obviously you're not sleeping in your bed. You've got no way of cleaning yourself properly other than boiling the kettle to pour it in the sink to wash your face. That was kind of the, the extent of it. But yeah. I don't know if I know it wasn't great either. <laughs> oh, no. no that yeah. was, that was I think it was. Bad. Yeah, it was the, the, the lack of nutrients. That, that, that was a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the the EP that's going to be after this one that we're just releasing, Robert, that's what we we were recording. So we were there for for ten days. Um, the 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 kind of idea was that we we recorded everything live, so we weren't we weren't going to overdub anything. So that's the reason that we had the you know ten day slot because you know it, it could have taken us two days to get one song down. <laughs> just yeah. the, the way that we were recording it but george you got to go home right oh yeah i went home <laughs> yeah and so so you're at yeah. home lap of luxury you know you've got your own drums there the refrigerator nice hot shower <laughs> and, and here these guys are, are suffering um listen, yeah it felt like survive did you did you did you at least bring them something from home did you bring them snacks or did you do anything i i did I'm not trying to get you in trouble. You brought cake. You, you brought I, cake. I brought some cake and some. Uh, I, I don't know if you have it. Um, I think you have it over there, Rocky Road, which is like chocolate with marshmallows in it and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, I, I did bring some, you know, fairy lights and uh, uh, electric blanket that heated up, but 
I don't think it was cold enough to, to use that. No. To be fair, the fa- we couldn't use the fairy lights, so because in the evenings we had to turn off quite a lot of the power in the studio because it was all running on sort of one circuit. So we had to turn off that, which meant all the lights would go out as well as the fairy lights. So you guys met in school, in college, and um, how did how did that happen? How did you guys meet? Tell me about those stories. Do you, yeah, do you want to go we're all on the same course. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're all on the same course. I think it started out, I think I asked George for a jam. Yeah. Um, George and Jacob were already living together, so they obviously knew each other a bit better than I did, uh, both of them. I think we, we Jacob wrote a song. Um, I can't remember. I can't yeah. remember like, what. Oh, yeah, was it was now. the first. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, we started jamming that in rehearsal, and it wasn't hard to realize that we probably were the only people in our year who really wanted to sort of commit to playing rock music. Um, and you know, we just sort of went from there. But you know, it's the time's gone ridiculously quickly. Last two years, I'd say, because we met three years, four, four years ago, three. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I, think the, I think the way I remember it is that Augustus asked me for a jam to be in a band that he was in. Then me oh, and yeah, Augustus, yeah. Augustus were in a band with this with one of Augustus's friends oh, who then moved back to Norway. So me and mm-hmm. Augustus were like, "Well, we we need a guitarist." So. <laughs> I guess Jacob will just have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then we we couldn't be bothered to find. Well, we tried to find a singer, but that didn't go very uh, well. Yeah. So then we just yeah, that's why decided yeah. to keep it as a three piece. Yeah. yeah. And so so Augustus, this started out with you trying to you were trying to poach George, or yeah, no, I get I get I get it. That's cool. I'm I'm kind of an opportunist too, and I I see a. I see an opportunity arise and I am on it, man, like a, like a starving. <laughs> um, and so, and so Augustus, you were in a band before this and were, were, were yeah. George, um, Jacob, were either of you, what did you guys do musically before you guys, before you guys became the Dolmas? What were you guys all doing? Um, I, I was, I was just playing drums for other people. I was just doing, you know, playing drums with, yep you know other people's songs and stuff uh that's that's what i was doing yeah i wasn't i wasn't even doing that honest i was just playing a lot of guitar just in my room on the lonesome as, as you do um yeah i kind of done like the odd gig here and there but nothing kind of regular or kind of putting a lot of time and energy into basically and so does it, does the flow work? Does it, you guys coming together and, and, and so, you know, Jacob, you're in your room alone playing and, and, and you and George kind of form this union. And then, you know, here comes, here comes Augustus, the poacher, and, <laughs> you know, and so you guys yeah. eventually form this band and does it work? Is it, are, are you guys happy with, with what you what you get after 10 days in a studio? Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, work, yeah. it, it works at times, and then <laughs> other times, 
I, I, I can't remember who I was saying it to. Yes, I was talking to someone yesterday and I was saying, I think this is the, the band that I've probably been in that's worked the best, you know, musically and everyone's on the same sort of wavelength. But I've also never been in a band that's argued as much. <laughs> yeah. Which maybe, the, maybe the two work hand in hand, I don't know. Yeah. Well, obviously. Uh, it's like Fleetwood Mac, wasn't it? They all hated each other, you know, avoided each other and then wrote rumours, you know? Well, the same with the Eagles, know. wasn't it? They kept arguing on stage yeah. even. Oh, yeah. You've so I think, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't really say we argue too much. I wouldn't say arguing. I'd say there's a more bickering than there is arguing. Yeah. I think I think there's, like, a distinct, like, there's a difference Um before everyone thinks we get really angry at each other all the time and have like domestics and or whatever, like <laughs> it's not like that. It's not that bad. Like when we were recording, creativity. But... Oh no! Well, I was recording a take when we were in January, and I started arguing with Augustus like while I was recording. You know, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> oh yeah, it was quite funny afterwards. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so George, when, when they're arguing, are you just are you just are you just playing the drums? Do you ever do you ever just match the drums to the tempo of these guys going at it? Uh, I mean, to be fair, I think it's usually me that causes the shit. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. George, George I, causes it. I got that vibe <laughs> from you that you are you are a bit of a troublemaker. Um, and so you know, you, you guys mentioned Fleetwood Mac. You brought them up, and um, I I I, I saw something. One of you guys had posted something about Fleetwood Mac and, and having a, 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 you know, that you like them. And um, they're huge here. We, um, and, and so everybody knows the history of them and rumors. Um, do you guys like each other? Yeah, we like each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have to. We wouldn't What's be a, here if we disliked <laughs> each we other. Well, it's a fair question. You know, Fleetwood Mac, um, hugely successful. Uh, we even had a, we had a, we had a president who had this huge infatuation um clinton and um and so you could be hugely successful you can you can make great albums you can do great whatever it is you do and not like each other and so you guys have the added benefit of of actually liking each other and that's nice yeah i think our well, issue is we're, we're all very like we're all very like good at what we do and opinionated and know what we like and i think that kind of just drags the music in the best way possible um mm. like no one's ever passive and just sits there there's always kind of like oh are you sure about that what about this and that that's what kind of stirs kind of disagreements but at the end of the day kind of gets the best music i'd say so there's there's an equal distribution of input and and you know the end product is is reflecting everyone that sounds pretty close to perfect yeah, it's very collaborative yeah it's because i mean we all got our own references which we you know musical references which we want to kind of incorporate into our music and then sometimes i guess when we clash is when somebody doesn't share the same vision for a song and then we might and then we result in either scrapping it or reworking mm. it at a different time but i feel mm. we've been pretty good with that like i'd say the last yeah, 
just trying to sort of yeah. you know, seek out what what works for us and you know obviously what do people enjoy listening from us as well mm. yeah we've been i'd say yeah. yeah i agree with you though definitely been kind of mutually agreeing on songs um a lot better now there'd be times when we'd all want a different single being released whereas now it's like we know which songs are best and we all completely agree which is nice it's nice <laughs> you guys you you mentioned that you guys have the same vision of of the band and and who you are and and what it is you do and and so what is what is your idea of of the dolmas and, and who are you and what do you do augustus very loud in your face rock is kind of the uh, with a with a sort of slight hint of intelligence in there. I'd say we like to be a bit clever with what we do, and uh, obviously as we've progressed and matured as people and players, I feel we've kind of managed to find a sort of middle ground where we, you know, we can sort of all appreciate the um, you know all input the idea that we want. This is who we are. This is our identity, and you know, kind of trying to. You kind of need to stand out, especially in the UK when it comes to rock. You need to do something slightly bold, I'd say, for it kind of to sort of catch people's ears. Uh, I'd say I think rock is a lot bigger in um, in the US, from my impression, anyway. So, it is. You know, you know, I've gotten the I've got the I've gotten the impression from Jacob and George that what you guys do is is it's it's not as mainstream and it's not as popular and it's not normally presented in the uk the way it is in america and, and the thing is is honest i just cannot wrap my mind around how different that is how um and, and one of the things you mentioned augustus um is that um as you guys mature and, and evolve and so george what is what is what does the Dalmas look like as it matures and as it evolves? Where's it going? <laughs> Where's it going? Hmm, that's a, a good question. I would hope that it will end up in Wembley Stadium. That's that's where I hope it's going. I I, I feel like with with our type of music, you've got to aim big, because otherwise you you know you can't be playing big stadium rock songs and tiny venues for for a long time so uh, i would hope that it goes massive that's that's my hope for it is that um do you guys and so i i know augustus i know or not augustus um george i know you're a huge queen fan we talked about that a while back and um did you guys see the movie you guys probably know more oh, yeah. about queen than i do mm. and, and so in the movie towards the end um Queen was was playing in a in a large stadium. Was that Wembley? Yeah, that was yeah. Live Aid. Okay, right. And so, um, you know, I know Queen is is a huge influence on you, George. Who who influenced um who's influenced you the most, Jacob? Ooh, I'd say from like a rock band perspective, I'd say um, Black Sabbath. Um, just how. Tony Iommi, the guitarist, would like kind of write riffs and bring them to the band. And it's something which has always like stuck with me. 
And I feel that's how I approach writing in this band. I just kind of bring ideas and bring forward them forward. And yeah, I just think what they did was great as well. It's a bit more kind of heavy and grungy, but they were kind of the start of it, um, of that type of music. And yeah, they were nutters as well, which makes it even more amusing <laughs> and great. It, um, you know, yeah, and, and, and I think that's the thing is... Um... And so I listen to you. I listen to your music, and and I enjoy it. I really like it, and I definitely see the rock influences. And the thing is, though, is when I think of rock, what I think of is, you know, like you said, I think of Black Sabbath, I think of Queen, I, I think of Zeppelin, you know, um, I, I think of Ozzy Osbourne. I, um, you know, I saw him several years ago. He looked like he was damn near dead. He just kind of stood there and did his thing he might have been a little medicated i'm not sure but it was absolutely unbelievable it's the first time i'd ever seen him and i thought you know at least i got to see him you know the thing that the thing that i i wrap i have to wrap my mind around and so as i'm sitting here talking to you guys and, and so we're we're doing this over video and we can all see each other and then i go to say for instance one of your videos where i go to spotify and, and so at the top of your spotify profile there is this photo and, and so you guys look very different than the photo. And as I'm sitting here looking at you guys now, um, the thing with Augustus is um, since the very first time I saw you, I thought, you know, he kind of looks like Adam Levine. You know who you know Adam oh, Levine you know. is? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's I'm a compliment. I've heard he was... that quite a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I've run with that. that. He's a good looking man, though. I'm not going to... Yeah, he was... Um, do you know he was he was voted um i think it was people magazine like sexiest man in the world like a few years ago you know that uh, i think i believe uh yeah i think i caught that <laughs> i think i think what i would do if someone ever comes up to you and says hey are you i would just totally go with it you know give them give them the autograph do whatever it is you got to do um and so when i listen to your music i i, I get this more you know, not really Maroon 5 type of thing. Um, kind of a, it's, it's almost like an alternative kind of pop rock type of thing that I that I get from you. And um, I think it's really, really different from a lot of what we get in America. And the good thing about that is, is with what you do, um, in a place like this where you know, the thing is, is in America, people are listening to literally everything. And um, there's room for everyone. You know, George, this is something that you and I talked about is that, um, you know, the tastes worldwide vary so drastically, you know, from one spectrum to the next. And, and America really kind of has had this musical, you know, revolution that, that took a lot of time and a lot of fighting from artists to to edge their way in and find a place on a stage. And, and so now there's this kind of thing of there's room for everybody. And um, what you guys are doing is different enough, even on our stages, that um, that that alone will draw people to you. And that's kind of the thing that, that I think is going on now is that the more different you are, the more, the less you sound like someone else, the less you fit into the mold that, you know, you, you, you place yourself in, the better you do. How do you guys, how do you guys view that? Augustus? 
I'm just trying not to speak over people. I don't know who wanted to go first. Well, I, I did mention the whole, um, just a few minutes ago about like you're going to have to, like with it, especially within rock music, you have to be bold and kind of stand out. And I guess a big problem for the band, um, through, like, you know, the time we've been together is who do we sound like? Though know, who's, we obviously have all our references and bands we love, but I think it's been really hard for us to pin down like who we might be similar to, if that answers your question. Well, it, it answers a question. I don't know that it necessarily answers that one. And so I, you know, I, I, I've listened to your music. And, and so having talked to, to George and Jacob before, one of the, the things that have always come up in those conversations is they both brought up the idea of someone saying to them, you know, um, oh, you know, you know what I have, I have a band. And, and so I'm, I'm in the Dalmas and, um, people automatically say, well, who do you sound like? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think, um, I think that's, um, that's a question as an artist. I don't, I don't know that I would want to hear. And so, you know, I was, a, I was a painter and, and so I don't want people to, to, to ever ask me, oh, well, who do you paint like? I paint like me. And, and, and so as I listen to you all's music, I think, um, well, you sound like the Dalmas. I don't, um, you know, I think there's a, there's a difference between, you know, I can talk to, I can talk to any one of the artists I talk to, any one of the musicians. And as we talk, you know, we, we talk about influences, whether they be, you know, musical influences, non-musical influences. And, and, and oftentimes with the non-musical influences, you know, you see this, um, this revelation of, of emotion, of sentiment, of, of a person, of a situation with, with musical, um, influences, you know, you, you sometimes see style similarities or, or, you know, whatever. And, um, but I don't think that I, I don't see a, a similarity that is so comparable that, I can listen to a track and say, oh, well, this is who they're trying to be on this track. What I hear is I, I hear a sound that is very much yours. And, and so that might be a good answer the next time someone asks you, hey, who do I, who do you sound like? Well, you know, we sound like the Dolmas. And, um, <laughs> you know, um, go, to, you know, and so anybody that's going to ask you, hey, what do you sound like? They're going to be standing there with a phone in your hand. I guarantee it. And um, send them to Spotify, send them to bond, Bandcamp, Apple Music, wherever, and say, hey, just type in Dolmas, and that's who we sound like. You know what I mean? That's I think, a good um, answer, actually. I think you guys <laughs> definitely have this. It's interesting. You know, the thing is, is, um, and so, Augustus, you're kind of this, this man of mystery, and so you and I have not had an opportunity to to sit down without these two these two other these characters right here and, and so they both kind of barged in to to our conversation and so i talked to george and then i talked to jacob and then i was i was going to i was going to talk to you and, and so it was going to be a, a, a three-part conversation that that would you know eventually get published later as as a collective which was going to kind of represent the band and um and so I had an opportunity to really talk to them um, about a lot of things, and 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 here we are, we're this collective. And so um, I I kind of know how they feel about things and how they view things, and 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 so for instance, I I, I know that you you are from Norway. Is your family still there? 
Yeah, so my I've got my mum and dad live back in Norway, and one of my sisters, um, the other one lives in uh, Denmark at the moment. But we all, you know, my mum and dad are from the UK. They just moved over to Norway uh, late eighties, hence when I you know grew up there, lived there for twenty. 23 years before I moved to Manchester. And then obviously, you know, here I am, you know, playing with these guys. That's, um, and, it, and it's worked out well for you, though, um, playing with these guys. You guys, what's interesting is is where I was kind of going with that conversation. I lost my train of thought. I do that. Um, it's, and so the glasses, the, the, the losing the train of thought, you guys are all going to experience this in about 20 years. <laughs> And, um, so this right oh, here, trust me, it already happens. this is, this is what you've got to look forward to in life. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the prize. Um, and so the thing that I, that I noticed very quickly about George and Jacob is that as well as they play together and as, as well as they seem to get along, um, the finished track sounds amazing. They're incredibly different people. And, and so when I was talking to George, I asked him, I said, um, who is the coolest of, of the band members? Who's, who's the guy that's just cool? <laughs> and, and he told me, he told me you, Augustus. And so are, are you uh, the coolest? Uh, I like to think so. <laughs> it kind of uh, depends. Uh, I mean, cool is a definition, like kind of question though. Like how would you define being cool? Is it well, the, what you wear? Is it your attitude? The reason I said you were the coolest is because you think before you do things. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> I, 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 I was, I, I, I was coming from cool as in you know if something said something to you, you'd you'd think about it and then act on it. Whereas you kind of keep I, your cool sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas I would just yeah. do something straight away. I'd say we're really not the coolest band you've seen or. We're not the cooler punks. There's many, there's a lot more cooler people in this world than us, but I think we've got great potential to be cool there. And, and so, you know, possibly, you know, one day um, you're at Wembley Stadium and, and you're playing and, um, you know, how does something like that happen? How do you, how do you, how do you go from being all over the, all over the UK, Norway, coming to back to the UK, meeting in school, forming a band, recording, and, and eventually end up at, at Wembley. How does that happen? Go on, Jacob. It's just, sounds a bit naff, but it's like just hard work, I suppose. You know, persistence, being persistent. Because, you know, there's been many times as a band where we've been like, we've we've done master classes um in front of people and we've got some weird looks and like people like what what are they doing they might have not thought that but i definitely felt it and we could have gone nah we'll scrap it you know what's the point but we kind of just kept kept chipping away you know keep keep annoying people with the band like listen to our music and just keep learning and getting better and yeah like I feel like we're this like we still got a lot more to do, but at the minute, like I feel like we've worked hard to get to this point, and there's still to get to somewhere like Wembley is 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 a lot more. But I, I've 
I believe we can do it. Easy, easy, easy. It's kind of who you trust as well, isn't it? Sort of who you yeah. meet and who you kind of want to take advice from, like, obviously along the way, I reckon. Obviously it's hard to be at the right place at the right time all the time, especially during these times. But I talked to a, I talked to a, a guy, I don't know, a few months ago. And so he is a... Um, He's an artist, um, and so he draws. And um, artist out of Chicago, Illinois, and um, he has a he has a theory about about luck, and because it's really easy to to look at look at an artist or look at a a, a, a musician or a group or or you know whoever that has a, achieved some level of success or greatness, you know um, whatever it may be, and and so what his what his thoughts on that were that. Um, he worked, and it was like Jacob said, you know, he, um, he worked really hard and he was consistent and he was tenacious and he marketed himself and had this idea of this is where I want to end up. This is who I am. And, um, and, and he continued to work to, towards that and he still does. And, and so he is, he's actually achieved a, a great deal of success, you know, and so we were talking earlier about maturity. Um, Augustus, you brought up maturity, maturing as a band. And um, I, I wonder if you guys think about that evolution of where you will be five years from now, where you will be musically. Um, I, don't, I don't really think I do. I mean, I just try and think of what we're doing now. I think we might have spoken about this last time but i think it's you know you can spend a lot of time thinking about what might happen you kind of actually forget to think about what's happening now um and i think you know it's you can try and plan where you know we, we could plan okay for the next ep or album whatever it is let's let's make like a, a disco sounding rock song but and, uh, unless unless somebody wakes up one morning and actually has some inspiration to go, I'm going to write a disco rock song, then it's it, it's never going to happen. So I, I don't think it's. I mean, it's it's a good idea to think into the future, obviously, but I don't think it's worth personally spending that much time on it because you know, it, things can change so quickly. I mean, we saw that last year, <laughs> like we were. We were gonna go over to um to LA and record and you know, things change like that. So I I I turn, I like to think where we might be, but I try not to think about what you know, I try not to plan to make it happen, if if that makes sense. It does. What um and so Augustus, what what are your thoughts on disco? Are 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 you interested in disco at all? Oh, I'd love to play disco. Really? The bass lines in disco is amazing. So I think it'd be more boring for Jacob to actually, to actually play disco. But. Well, Niall Rogers. Yeah, can't that's go wrong with a bit of Niall. Yeah. Jacob, what do you, what do you, let's start with you. And I, I and so I'd like to get a, a sense of understanding from each of you. But Jacob, um, you know, looking at, at how things can influence and, and, and alter kind of your path, what do you think, um, for you is is you know this this pandemic this lockdown this this separation from everyone and everything um 
what's 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 the biggest impact been for you oh that's a good question um i'd say from like a musical point of view um is trying to find to make music fulfilling without being around you know rehearsals gigs um been finding a way to make it fun and enjoyable um so just trying to write as much music as possible and keep like kind of keeping creative even though it's really difficult when time like every day seems the same almost and but yeah outside of music i've been i've been reading loads which makes a change um I got I got into cycling a little bit, but I fell off um, a couple of times. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been kind of it's kind of um, been getting my head out of music a bit, and so when I go back to it, it feels like I'm f- like fresh and new. And yeah, I found a, I found a good balance between music and like everyday life. But yeah, don't don't cycle for too many times more likely to fall <laughs> <laughs> yeah augustus how, how about you well i remember the start of lockdown i mean this is probably you know a personal thing as well as a band but i felt we had so much momentum like things were happening and then obviously it just kind of all slowed down and you kind of got used to the like the new normality was just being indoors and just kind of trying to feel your time but it's like Jacob. It's like what Jacob was saying as well. Like you kind of need to make music interesting for yourself without being surrounded by the people. Um, I'm lucky enough to live with my girlfriend as well, so you know you've got someone to kind of annoy, <laughs> argue with. You've got someone, and you know, obviously, you know, all the good times as well. But I, I guess it's trying to keep keep yourself or your mind occupied enough so you don't kind of feel that you stood still in time because that's kind of what it feels like at the moment and especially like now during winter times it's dark by half four so by the time it's half four you kind of feel the day's ended already and then you i mean i've had the bad habit of thinking all right well now that's that day and then you kind of sit down and slouch on the turn like the couch for the next six hours and then you go to bed um but like the ultimate i guess the ultimate thing is like for my, for my sake is as soon as i get outdoors every day my day feels a lot more productive and more worthwhile because you've got so much more energy to sort of move forward and you know sit down with music and oh that's not something i've done today you know or like reading playing playstation i talked to uh an artist um about a month ago who um and so he recorded an entire album. He actually recorded a couple of tracks and then an entire album and is actually working on another album. And he did all of this during during periods of lockdown in his living room. And um and and, and it came up came up with amazing music. And and so in the conversation when he and I were talking, um one of the comments he made was that um his his biggest concern musically with with the the pandemic was that um in the lockdown was having that separation from you know the environment outside of his apartment the um 
the the social interactions the 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 being able to go out and and play live venues and his concern was that um he would be forgotten that that this was enough time for for people to forget who he was and um you know the argument here can be that well if you're really good no one's going to forget you um there's a lot going on right now that you know really eclipses everything everything in the world is eclipsed by the idea that you know um people are dying economies are are being devastated um the the mental health impacts of of the pandemic and the fallout you know these are these are things that are all going to be incredibly far-reaching for a very long time and things like music and the arts and 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 so many things kind of fall to the wayside and and become less and less important in these times And, and so i think his statement was was really honest and really um just really uh it was it was one of those moments of of laying yourself bare and so george do you do you think about this time and losing contact with your creativity as a band or or as an individual or or your place in manchester as the dalmas um not really i mean I kind of did think of that first and then it kind of dawned on me, wait, everybody is in exactly the same situation. You know, we're, we're in the same position as the biggest bands in the world. No, nobody can go and gig. Nobody can can do anything. So I, I kind of got to the point where I was like, what, what am I even worrying about? You know, this 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 is the situation. You know, I can either sit and and think about it and get all sad about it or i can just you know get on with it i think the the worst thing about the the whole covid thing is that you lose routine and i think that's what kind of messes with with your head is the fact that you've when you wake up you haven't really got anything to wake up for so you i think you've got to kind of just make you've got to make something you know whether it's I think what we talked about it last time, you know, whether it's cooking or writing poems or writing songs in our case, whatever it is that makes you get out of bed, you have to think of something because all your routine has gone. But I think anybody that's creative is going to, they're going to find, you know, it's going to affect them for a bit, but they're going to find something to create, whether it's, you know, yourself like painting or, music you know whatever it is i think you just kind of have to get on with it um and just make the make the best of it yeah and so the thing is is and so you know from cycling to you know potentially you know doing a a solo disco album augustus um (laughs) to to cooking and exploring the thing is is um the one thing that we that we all everyone in the world has had in common is is even even if you do live with somebody or or have brief you know interactions throughout your day whether they be through you know video phone call whatever we we've all we've all had to deal with this this solitude and you know augustus you mentioned um 
finding ways to creative ways to fill your time and um you know um jacob you are you know and so you've been cycling and so you guys are doing things that you haven't done in a while or or before or whatever and that's that's been the case with everyone and i wonder how um how the solitude how the um kind of exploring new new um experiences or revisiting old experiences i wonder how this will um how this will translate into your music i feel since we've come back from lockdown we've improved loads um just like how we write songs and productivity and like i, I like i feel like we all believe the songs we've written in january the strongest songs we've written so yeah i'm not sure if that's just like a luck thing or, you know, or whether it's just by circumstances. But I feel when we get back to writing again, it, I don't think it seems to affect us at all, which is encouraging. I feel like our songs yeah. actually, uh, like they actually mean something now. I think because, you know, you get a lot of time to think when there's nothing to do. <laughs> uh uh, a lot of our early songs, I, I don't think, you know, they might have been great, but I don't think you could really connect with them. You, you would listen to them and be like, oh, that's cool, but it wouldn't really mean anything. Um, I think the songs that we've just done actually mean something now. And I, I think, ho like, hopefully we won't. Uh, I think a lot of people, not just musicians or like after COVID, I think they they won't take stuff for granted as much because you have you have so much pulled away. You know you can't do anything. Um, you know I think people will just be thankful to to do things again. Um, it's like we talked about last time. Robert, like my uh, mom's a healthcare worker, and then you you know you see the amount of stuff that they've gone through, like this um through this whole period and you just kind of think like geez it's just kind of good to to not have to do that <laughs> you know just i think i think people take things well I, I hope they would take things for you know not as for granted as as much so i think maybe as a as a band we might you know once we're allowed to gig and do normal things will kind of maybe look at it a different way i don't know i think if i think if right now if you are spending you know time throughout your day being creative especially if you're being creative within your field and so you guys as musicians are are exploring that creativity um because it's what you do and you're doing it individually and, and, and so you do it because it's, it's who you are and what you do, but you also do it to a degree to, to fill time. And so you do all of these other things in addition to that to, to fill this void that, that, we, that we all are in right now. And um, right now is this, it's this opportunity um, at, at solitude and introspection. And so, you know, and so a couple of you guys mentioned that, um, there there has maybe been a little more revelation and honesty and relatability in 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 your current music because of that and i think what's going to happen is when 
when the world heals and, and we all come back out that um, we will very much find a, a lot of um, people laying themselves bare in their music. There will be a lot of revelation of, you know, this is who I am. This is who we are as a band. And um, I think it'll be interesting. Augustus. Well, I, go, ahead. Go, go on, Augustus. No, no it's, it's all right. You can ask. I was just going to say that on, on new songs, I think there are a lot more what you just said. <laughs> they're, yeah. very just, they're very just, this is, you know, we're not even going to try and hide what this song is about. This, or, you know, it, it's just kind of, bleh, here, this is it. <laughs> yeah. What what I guess will be very good with all the, like all the new songs that we're going to have coming out is that it's all recorded live. So, you know, all bottled up emotions, frustrations, you know, anything will be a part of that, you know, of the songs, you know, even if people don't necessarily know it, but you'll be able to tell because of the, you know, the just being you know, and the energy which will be coming from it. Yeah, I get that. And so, you know, and, and, and I'm glad you said that because, you know, honestly, that's not something I had considered or really thought about in that context. And so, you know, if we go all the way back to the, the beginning of this conversation, we talked a lot about, um, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, were in the studio living there, you know, bathing with baby wipes for 10 days. And, and, and so, you know, in January, that was the first time. I mean, so you guys had been you know, we had the pandemic, we had this series of lockdowns, you guys had just come out of lockdown, came in, spent 10 days doing this album, right back into lockdown. And, um, you know, I think, um, I think all of those things are going to be very present in that in those tracks. And I, I think if you, I think it's going to be interesting to, to hear your music and be able to relate with the experiences that you've had. Um, you think that's a good thing? Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you've got uh, people being able to relate to your music, I feel it. You know, it will it will make it a lot more personal for some people listening to it as well. Because I mean, the best thing is when you hear a track and it touches you in some way. You know, it appeals to some part of you, and you might not even understand what that is. But I think that will be able to. I mean, I can even tell, like, even listening back to the stuff we recorded. I mean. It provokes some emotion in me, which I might not have had with, you know, some of the songs we've done previously, because of the circumstances, mm -hmm. of course. Augustus, when you listen to when you listen to your music, um, what what emotion does it provoke within you? The thing is, you know, normally you listen to what you're doing yourself on the track. I mean, I can swear that I don't really know what say Jacob's playing half the time because I'm always focusing on what uh -huh. I'm listening like what, I, what, what I'm doing um so it can provoke quite a lot of emotions it can either be oh that should have been better <laughs> or it can uh you know obviously it does you know it excites you because you know there's something I mean the, you kind of consider the you listen back to the work you put into it as well and you can kind of sort of remember like, oh yeah that was that song was hard work or you know that song was easy to record so that you know that makes you feel you know a bit happier you know it's, it's very shifting i feel that will be a lot more with the new songs we've done now though 
because there's a certain like higher level of attachment to them. Hey, Jacob, how do you how do you think people interpret your music when when your fans are are listening or or watching you guys play? Um, what's the what's the mood like? Yeah, I feel. Um, I remember one of the last gigs we did was in Manchester, and um, some people who we know were in the crowd were like, the audience almost didn't know how to react. Um, like the they enjoyed it, but they were slightly confused. And I uh-huh. feel um, I quite <laughs> I quite like that feeling because that's kind of you know that hopefully that sticks with people. I feel that sticks, you know, rather than being a typical band, we may, we may have made them slightly uncomfortable or <laughs> really enjoyed themselves for all we know. But it's like a reaction, um, and I think that's the main thing. Um, even if it's good or bad, it's like a reaction. And I feel that in regards to live, um, that's really important. But yeah, I think when people listen to our music on Spotify, they're probably, they're probably either thinking, oh God, what are they thinking? Or this is good. I don't know. It's, um, it's hard to, I feel like people, people kind of get it or don't. Um, it can be quite like, almost like Marmite, you like it or you don't. Um, so I feel like we get quite mixed um, responses, but yeah, I feel like people generally think we're like like dedicated and enjoy what we're doing and put a lot of thought and effort into, and I think that's the main. That's that's really important. Well, it's important for me anyway. You know, George, is it is it um, is it important to make people slightly uncomfortable with your music? Um. I think it depends what you're trying to achieve with it. Yeah. If if you're ABBA, it's probably not such a good idea. <laughs> you know, but if you're trying to actually make someone think about something, um I I think it's a, I'm not sure I'd want people to feel uncomfortable. I'd want it to provoke some sort of emotion in them, but I I don't think I'd want to make them feel uncomfortable. Um, I, I guess a lot of it just comes from, you know, how how people connect to it. I guess if um, people connect to lyrics or you know whatever they they're listening to, that's um, I don't know. It's a hard one to to answer. I think um, um, to to maybe put the question in perspective and and give you. I guess make it a little more situational is um jacob you mentioned um black sabbath being a a a favorite and influence and um you know i i grew up and so when when i was your age you know i was i was listening actually a few years younger than you guys are now i was listening to uh you know a lot of black sabbath a lot of ozzy a lot of you know you know the eagles that sort of thing and um you know, at the time they were hugely popular, but they were hugely popular within a specific demographic. And so, you know, first and foremost, anyone who liked rock music, you know, enjoyed them. But there was this younger generation that really resonated with this, um, the energy, with the angst, with the the raw emotion and honesty that came out of their music. And um, it, um, it gave you an opportunity to almost 
be the way you felt. You know, you could listen to the music and, and everything that you felt as that, that young person, as that teenager. And there was a declaration of, of how I feel. This is how I feel. And um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's important for music to, I think it's really important for me as, as a listener to be able to play a track from anyone in the world that, that I enjoy at the appropriate time and to be able to connect with that and, and sometimes um, allow that, that music to let me lose control for a minute, let me gain my composure, um, make me cry, make me smile, make me happy, make me sad. I think all of those things are incredibly appropriate. Um, I like to find new and interesting music that is completely um, outside of, of who I am as an individual and, and be pleasantly surprised and find that not only is this um, completely different from anything I've heard, but as it turns out, I really like it. I think it's interesting mm -hmm. to, to, to find out that you like things that you didn't even know existed. And so, um, Augustus... I think it's quite... Uh, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was okay. going to say it's quite, in, quite interesting how different people interpret things. I, I, was, I was listening to uh, some guy that had just played one of our songs on the radio and he um he said that the song was about mental illness and mental health and <laughs> it's completely not what the song's about so i i guess that's what you were saying like it, pe people just have really different ways of interpreting a song which is i i guess what you were getting at you can, and mm. so when, once we get this this posted, you can you can send him this clip of the, <laughs> of the of the conversation. And so before I let you guys go, um, one of my one of my last musical guests, and, and so they were they were a duo. They were really good. Um, I asked him a question, and um, it, it it took him a second to to answer, but they they were incredibly eloquent. Um, and, and so it's not a trick question, but I want to know, um, maybe starting with Augustus, um, who, who is your music for? Oh, who is my music for? Are you guys, reg say... are you guys regretting take, uh, sitting down with me? I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm messing with you. You guys are doing amazing. Thing is this, this, that's a very good question because I've always believed that I'm doing music for me. You know, it's something I need, I use to fulfill something unexplainable within myself. Um, and obviously if other people can latch on to that or, you know, gain something from my music, then obviously that's the plus side. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a way of me getting my creative outlet into some sort of product. Um,
You know, I think um, I think I think it's kind of a it's it's kind of a messed up question that I that I just asked you, Augustus, uh, of who's your music for? Because the thing is, is um, when you fall within, uh, and so when the band or the the artist is is you know within a certain age group, or or the music is is a, a certain style, and so it's rock music, it's not jazz, it's it's polka, it's you know whatever, and so that really mm-hmm. is going to that's going to target a, a very specific, you know, niche demographic of this is who listens to rock music. This is who listens to disco and, and, you know, whatever. Um, and so Jacob, I, you know, instead of asking you the question of who your music's for, because, you know, we know that first and foremost, you know, like, like most musicians, you create the music for yourself. That's, that's a given. Um, but I wonder, um, how surprised you are when you you interact with somebody or you see someone in the crowd listening to your music clearly enjoying themselves and um realize that that person over there in the crowd who who clearly is having a great time how surprising is it that your music is for that person yeah it's kind of um so it's quite crazy when people enjoy our music just because we all put like a lot of our like individual like personality and our you know influences you know how we are as people and like it's got all like our like DNA in it I suppose like it's I feel it's very authentic and very bold and us so when people like it and appreciate it it's almost like you know the kind of um accepting like us as people as well sounds a bit sounds a bit mm. but i i feel like you know they kind of understand us a bit more i feel when people enjoy our music and then like engage with us um yeah it's nice and and so george i wonder um because we've kind of determined that um a couple of things through this conversation with um your two bandmates is that um you know, first and foremost, obviously, you guys are creating music for yourself. And every once in a while, there is this this individual that you would not expect that is tuning in and, and really enjoys what they're hearing. Um, and so I wonder if you would agree with me that as an artist, um, a couple of things that you don't... Um, you as an artist, as a creator, as a musician, don't necessarily get to determine who likes what you do, who doesn't like what you do, and, and maybe who misinterprets it and who says, you know, goes on the radio and plays your track and says, well, it's it's about mental illness. And, and, and so when you when you write a song, when you when you guys are standing there playing and recording um, 10 days in isolation, um, all the emotion pouring out, all the integrity, all the honesty, all the the, the experience. Um, you know, not everyone is going to to glean all of those things from it. They're going to to glean what resonates with them. And so, would you agree that um, as an artist, you don't really get to determine who your music is for? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't force somebody to. I think we definitely. Well, I know I definitely used to do that. You know, you kind of you want everybody to like your music, and you try and push it on to people but at the end of the day you know if if someone doesn't like it we can't do anything about that um 
and some sometimes it someone that maybe you think they're really not going to like this they they actually really dig it um so you can't you can't really determine what who's going to like it but i do agree with augustus i think the main reason everybody does it is for themselves um you know i, th- I think most like they they do it because they enjoy it and like to be honest if even if nobody listened to it we'd probably still do it because we like we like creating i mean obviously there's a part of everybody that you know i don't think there's any musician in the world that honestly says if if nobody listened to my music i'd be okay with that and if they said that they'd probably be lying but i think you know everybody everybody you know starts playing music because it's just something they enjoy doing and um you know they need to release some sort of like i I think most most creative people aren't very good at showing their emotions or talking about it so i think you know music is a is just a way for a lot of people just to talk about or get stuff off their chest that they would never talk talk about to to people but um yeah, I don't think we can de- determine who likes our music. Although I have kind of realised that the most people that like our music are usually, you know, going through some crazy time. <laughs> huh. um, I think I think we tend to appeal to people that are quite, you know, emotional. Um, so that's that's probably what I I think on on that but yeah to answer your question you can't determine who likes it (laughs) you know i wonder what it's like to to step on the stage and start playing and and just you know let go and just just do your thing how does that how does that feel um feels pretty good i mean depends what song you're playing as well there's (laughs) There's some songs that I like playing because they're just fun. There's other songs that I hate playing because it makes you think of something that you probably don't want to think about because it's, you know, maybe it's what you wrote the song about or something. So like we used to do, an, this is funny, we used to do an instrumental track that had absolutely no words to it. But like, I swear... <laughs> I swear to God, every time we used to play that song, it would get so intense at the end. I'd be like, I could, I could actually cry right now if I wanted to. You know, I, I could probably just burst out crying. And there's like, there's definitely new songs that we've just recorded that I probably would not want to play live because I probably just wouldn't be able to. So I guess it's kind of a when you play live, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. When when is the new stuff coming out? Um, should be theoretically around oh, hopefully July. summer. What's that? Yeah, summer summertime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, and so are you guys all? Are are you guys kind of you know just taking a breather? Are you are you are you guys writing? Are you looking at material for what's next or or just? What are you guys doing? At the moment, we're just kind of planning out the EP release. And, you know, 
like um, new opportunities um, and kind of trying to get as much um, out of the EP as we can, I suppose. Um, you know, kind of um, like as well. yeah. So we don't want to kind of rush that. Um, we want to try and think about how we might do CDs or you know, kind of we've got options which we want to choose to kind of spread the Dalmas music and love. Do people buy CDs there? Um, uh, I, I do, but I'm sad. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess if you, if, at a gig, if someone's selling a CD, you'd kind of almost feel a bit inclined to buy it sometimes, which I think is that's where kind of the market is. And obviously there's a certain age group which might still want to buy CDs. But the problem nowadays is that they're making cars without CD players in them. Yeah, I um, and so I have a former guest um, that did, um, and so they did this album, and so it was 25, 25 songs to benefit twenty five live venues in in the Chicago area. And so what what what's happening is because of the pandemic, these businesses that are, you know, unable to be supported by the public are are the eventuality is as many of them will close. And what this does is it it robs you know. Um, artists like yourselves of, of a place to play and so you know when all of this is said and done there will be all of these businesses closed you will have less less opportunity to play live and so they sent me the album i have the album i do not own a record player but you know vinyl is coming back there are people who collect vinyl there are people who periodically you know bands you know solo musicians that will periodically release something on vinyl and it and it's kind of a it's become kind of this collector thing and so um that's interesting now i've got to go buy a record player and i'm going to i don't want to you should do it well it's yeah great. i absolutely should i the great it, the, the good thing with vinyl is that it actually forces you to listen to the thing instead of just scrolling on spotify and picking a song it actually takes effort to take the thing out of the sleeve and then clean it and then put it on. So it's almost like watching TV, you know, you kind of invest the time to actually listen to it. And it's usually better than TV because TV's crap. Yeah, I'm, and so I've got a guy I'm talking to tomorrow and he actually is, is from the UK and a um, little, little closer to my age. And, and so we had a lot of very similar experiences musically as, as kids and um one of the things we kind of discussed in the past was um you know how how having that physical cd that physical album almost allows you to to have this ownership this this participation within the music and and um it it you know almost becomes more more yours you know and so george you and i discussed um the first time that we talked that um you came to America and, and found that people um, people were, you know, we were crazy about Queen. And you were a little put off because you had this connection and you, you felt like it was yours. And, um, and that makes sense. I've actually had that conversation with a few people since you and I have had that conversation. And every single one of us feels that way about something in the world. And um, I wonder, Augustus, what... Um, what do you feel a connection with musically? What is what is yours? It's funny that you had that that you said that, George, about you kind of you know Queen was kind of yours, 
because I I massively had um, I still am a massive fan of uh, the band Muse and I remember growing up I people started to listen to them and learn facts about them this, you know, as I would and when people would challenge me on that I'd kind of feel a bit put off by it because like you say you know it, it feels yours because you kind of feel like you have this very weird connection to the band even though you've never you never met them you never spoken to them but you've invested so much time into getting to know them that you kind of feel that they are like like your baby in a weird way so you get a bit protective of them and you know you, i'd say that's probably the closest i've come yeah, it makes but it's funny sense. that we kind of all share the share the emotion of it. Like when George said that, now it just made me laugh a bit because I can relate to it so much. Jacob, how do you um, do you envision that somebody somebody might somebody someday might might have this weird connection to Dalmas? It, it could be me. What if it was me, Jacob? <laughs> what if I had this weird connection? And so here here's the thing. And so the other day when I talked to you, Jacob, you. Um, and I know you guys have have you know done some print interviews, and you guys have had some airplay, and and there's a lot going on for you guys right now. But this is the first podcast you've been on, and um, and so that kind of gives me this 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 ownership, this sentimentality of, you know, a year from now I can go I can go listen to you guys on on BBC or on a podcast somewhere, and that's all great and wonderful but you were mine first. And so at mm -hmm. some point, you know, if, if, if Dalmas continues and grows and thrives and evolves and shares its music and its experience and, and people start getting this lasting connection, there is, I'm not going to be the only weirdo with a connection in a sense of ownership. And so how, how can you even conceive of the idea that someone other than me is going to have this connection with you? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a weird me, one. You feel less weird here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Trust me, weird, there's a lot of weirdos weird. that like this band. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's weird one to think of us having like fans. Like, I'd never thought we'd get to the point where we'd have people who'd like appreciate our music so much. Um, but yeah, yeah. I've not really actually put much thought into it. Yeah, you, you, you know it's uh, weird. I haven't, I haven't told you guys. I actually got a message off somebody on a, I can't remember what it was. Like, can I have the, uh, can I have the lyrics to, uh, I can't remember what song it was. Like, do you, do you have the lyrics that you wrote down the, the when the you recorded ones. it? And I was like, yeah, well, I, we have them all in a folder. And they were like, oh, can can you send them to me, please, so I can have them. <laughs> they, they wanted the originals. Yeah, so I sent it to them like a you sent like a them? loser. I did. <laughs> no, that's incredibly. That's cool, man. You know, um... I think the weird the weird thing for me is uh, thinking that other people actually, you know, when you have a song, and then you you kind of you know what the song is about, and then you think, oh, somebody else kind of connects with that. Because obviously you write it based on something that, you know, a personal thing. And then somebody else, uh, I guess it goes back to what you were just asking, Jacob. Like it's it's weird to think that somebody actually connects with 
something that you've written that they have no idea what what the story is behind the song. I find that pretty mm. weird. Do you do you guys That's get a, a lot of explanation? <laughs> do you guys get a lot of interaction from from fans and and on social media messages that sort of thing? We do now. It's kind yeah. of it's kind it's kind of just started. I mean, sometimes they can be very odd, but most of the time they're very nice. You, you get the odd person that you know, like, like you described it, kind of like almost is like a super fan, which is kind of when it first when we first started getting messages, you know like that i i did find it a bit odd but then i kind of just related it back to me like wait if if i had like dave grohl's phone number i'd probably send him weird messages asking him to, <laughs> you know sign sign my sign my foot or whatever so i think once you like relate it once you relate it back to the fact that you probably have people that you would freak out if you met them it's kind of like oh maybe this person kind of just feels the same way about something that we're doing mm. yeah i get that i um and so i'm surprised you know and so with 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 my podcast i have analytics and um you know when i started it you know i you know I, i'm old i have no real friends and i you know no social media presence and so you know my very first episode i i think it lingered at like eight listens for a while and then all of a sudden you know i got a few more and I was tickled to death. And and now people are actually listening. And, and, it, and it shocks me. I'm just like, Jesus, have you nothing better to do than to, to listen <laughs> to this? But um, on occasion, someone will, will reach out. And, and normally it is, you know, a listener contacting me about a guest, uh, about their music, about their art, about something that they've said that, that resonates with them in some way. And um, it is, um, it's incredibly humbling and touching to, to know that either something that you directly have said or done or created or, you know, um, something that you have exposed people to that someone else has done has, has somewhat, in some way resonated with them. And, mm -hmm. and made them made them take notice um you know i think it would be i don't think that's weird that somebody would say hey can i can i have these lyrics can i have the original um you know and, and so they're probably not thinking that you know if if the dalmos are around for you know 30 years and you know play wembley this is going to be worth a lot of money someday they're going to they're going to look at this when you guys are at wembley and they're going to be they're going to be in the audience and, and they're going to be listening and they're going to know that, you know what, um, I'm here today because I love their music, but I'm here today because this dude was so super cool when I contacted him and made this completely ridiculous, um, you know, and, and so it's ridiculous to, to, to write someone and say, Hey, can I, can I have these? That's it's, it's just a lot. But you did it, hmm. and um, I guess it. I guess it just, uh, you know, maybe for whatever reason that person, like just those lyrics, like maybe mean something to them or something. Right. It's it's funny how like sometimes you can just wake up and like, I think I, 
like after after I did the in the first chat with you, Robert, I was like, I don't know, it just kind of made me think about things in a completely different way to the point where I like got on the phone to loads of people and I was like, wow, that actually like, you know, when you just think you're going to do something and you don't really think much of it. And then afterwards you like think about ev- things in a completely different way. Um, kind of, kind of crazy, isn't it? How things can just, without you realizing, just, just change your perception of things and how you go about things. It can. It um, where I was going with that is that it um, it's incredibly generous of 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 you to 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 give somebody something that they they really have no right to ask for. Um. It it you know that is something that that will touch that individual. That is something that you know it's kind of like you know we, us talking earlier about having that album to hold and and having that part of of the music that interaction. Um, this is an individual that has something that you know they will potentially cherish for a very long time, and it, it obviously meant something to them. They have um, they have the handwritten lyrics. That that's absolutely unbelievable. I um. <clears throat> One of the things I benefit from is, um, and so when I get done doing these, I, I, you know, I sit down with, with one or two people and, um, I have these conversations and, um, when it's over, I'm on this high, there's this, this feeling of very rarely does it go the way I imagine it will go. Very rarely is it boring. Um, it does happen. Um, <laughs> it, it just does. sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, you're just not on your game and, and you're talking to somebody and you're just like, fuck, will this ever end? Um, it's just the truth. But, um, you know, the thing is, is you guys have been amazing and, um, it's really interesting. I, I think what is, what has been so cool is, um, you know, and, and so Augustus, you were kind of robbed and we didn't, you know, you and I didn't get any, any, any alone time. But I, I got a really good sense of who you were from your bandmates, and I've gotten a really good sense of who they are to you in, in your own words. And um, it's really interesting to to look at, at, at three guys um, and, and look at what it is you've created and how you've created and what the influences have been and what the process is. And now I have this, I have this backstory, I have this knowledge. I um, It's almost like I have my own set of lyrics to go on and um so yeah um you you've got queen and, and i've got you guys 